0: Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. Okay, I will admit it. I do like a love story. I know it's not macho and I know it's not considered manly to admit it, but I like a love story, a good one as good as the next guy. I do have a couple of romantic bones in my body somewhere. Today I want to tell you about the greatest love story of all times. This love story is so great, all other love stories pale in comparison Romeo and Juliet pales in comparison to this love story. Cleopatra and Mark Anthony pales in comparison to this love story. Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler pale in comparison to this love story. The greatest love story ever told. We find it over in the book of Revelation. Take your Bibles and turn to Revelation. Chapter 19, Now, as I said the greatest love story ever told, I bet you thought, well, that's the cross. Well, that's a part of the love story, but that's not the real aspect of the love story. The cross was just a means to accomplish the love story. Over in Revelation chapter 19, we're going to be looking at verse 7 through 9. And in respect for the Word of God, let me ask you to stand. John is looking into the future. And God reveals to him what's going to take place in the future. And that's what we're picking up one of those events. Indeed, the greatest love story ever told. Verse 7, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then He said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. You may be seated. May God bless the reading and the hearing and most of all the obeying of his word. Here John is showing us the bride of Christ and his wedding to that bride. The marriage of Jesus Christ to his bride. That is the greatest. Love story ever told. The greatest love story that there ever will be. In fact, that truth, that love story is a compelling force for everything else. Everything that has happened has been for the purpose of Christ securing a bride for himself. The creation of the universe was for the purpose of creating the earth. The earth was created for a place for mankind to live. The reason God created mankind was to bring forth from mankind a bride for His Son Jesus Christ who would be His companion and reign with Him throughout eternity. That is the main event of all times the main reason behind everything that Jesus might have a bride that would love him, that he would love them, and they would reign with him forever. Jesus came to earth for the primary purpose of securing a bride for himself. He came and died on the cross and shed his life's blood that he might free his bride from her bondage to sin and Satan. He came to his bride who was in the domain of darkness. A dungeon of Satan. And he came and through his death he ransomed his bride. From her bondage to the powers of darkness and to sin. He gave his life's blood that he might take his bride who was stained and Filthy from the sins, her own sins. And He washed her so that He might present her to Himself on His wedding day spotless, blameless, with great joy. He lived a perfect life so that He could give His bride His righteousness. So that on that wedding day, she would be faultless and perfect. In the most beautiful, pure, white wedding gown imaginable. For she would be absolutely pure in every respect. Because Jesus lived that perfect life for His bride. Everything that God has been doing from eternity past has been for the purpose of securing a bride for His Son, Jesus. Everything that Jesus did was for the purpose of wooing His bride. It's always been about a love relationship. Everything that God has been doing has been to gain a love relationship with us. It's not about serving Jesus. It's not about doing something for Him. You know, we get so caught up in the doing. We want so much to be used by God in some great way. But what He desires first and foremost is to have a love relationship with us. Jesus wants to have a love relationship with you. And He wants you to love Him. It's all about love. Always has been. All about love. That's why when a man came to Jesus one day and said, Jesus, what does God want the most? What's the most important thing to God? What's the great, if we could only do one thing, what would God want us to do? Remember what Jesus said? That you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's the greatest thing. That's what God's all about. That's what He's always been about. I want to have a love relationship with you. He wants to have a love relationship with us. And Jesus says, I want my bride to love me as I love my bride. You see, God will use us to serve Him. But the service is not the end. It's only the means to the end, which is the love relationship. You see, God wants us to serve, not because He needs us to serve, because He can do it without us, but because it is through the service that we grow in our love relationship with Him, at least it should be that way, as we have to depend on Him to work through us, as we have to look to Him to provide all that we need in our service. This is made to draw us closer to Him, to make us more dependent upon Him, to deepen our love relationship with Him. That's what it's all about. But you know the problem? Too often we forget that it's all about love, and we make it all about service. And when we get the service ahead of the love, things go awry. And i got to admit, I'm guilty of this. As I was studying for this sermon and, and reading through the book, this chapter on love, God convicted me. You know, you've been too much about service and not enough about love. One day, Terry and I were coming back from Winter Park, Florida, to our hometown in Georgia for Christmas holidays, I think it was. And uh, it was years ago. We only had one child at the time, Tiffany. She was a baby. And we, it was a hot uh, day that day for some reason. I'm thinking it might have been during the summer because it was hot. And uh, as we were driving up and got to Eaton in Georgia, I noticed it started to feel like I had a flat tire. You know how you get to bump in you think, man, what's going on? Well, God, I got out looked and the tires were not flat. So I got back in, I eased up, and they started shaking again, you know. So we just kind of slowly went on into town. I saw a fill station open. I pulled in there and told the guy what was going on. And he looked at the tire and he said, well, your, your tire's out around. I said, what? He said, your tire is of around. He said, there's a defect in the tire, and it's because of the heat. It's gotten out around, and that's why it's so bumpy. You know, when we get to serving the Lord ahead of loving the Lord, our Christian lives get out around, and it gets bumpy. It gets shaky. That which was meant to be a comfortable ride becomes an uncomfortable ride. Becomes torturous. We forget it's all about love. And that brings us to reality number two that we're looking at today. God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. It's always been about love. That has been God's purpose from the beginning. To have that love relationship with Jesus and to be His bride, reigning with Him throughout eternity. And we must keep this foremost in our minds. And I want to talk to you a minute now about how much Jesus loves you, His bride. Okay? Because I'm convinced that our love for Him is a response to His love for us. I'm convinced of that. Because the Bible says it wasn't that we first loved Him, but that He first loved us. And if you will but get a glimpse of how much Jesus loves you as His bride, if you're a Christian, if you'll see how much He loves you, I'm convinced you will love Him back and it will help us Keep the love relationship as the primary thing. Well, how much does Jesus love you? But Jesus actually tells us. Over in John, if you take your Bibles and turn over to John chapter 15, there's one verse. John 15, 9. Now, you need to see this. If you have your Bibles... You turn to John 15. If you don't, we'll have the verse up here. But I want you to see it. Because you may not believe it if you don't see it in your own Bible. You may think I just came up with it. Just made it up because it would fit my sermon. Because it is mind-boggling. It is incomprehensible how much Jesus loves you as His bride and me. Here it is. John 15, 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Listen now. Listen. Just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. That's inconceivable. The Lord Jesus loves me, imperfect, sinful, weak, human me, with the same love that the infinitely holy and loving God loves Him, the perfect, sinless, holy Son. As much as God the Father loves Jesus, He loves His bride. That much. Now, we need to just take time and study on that, as the folks used to say. I mean, we could study on that for months and weeks and never get to the depth of it. Sometimes you need to just take time. Just get alone, Nobody but you and God. And just say, God, Jesus said He loves me as much as you love Him. Show me what that means. Only the Holy Spirit can show us this. I mean, it is just beyond our knowing. It needs time to soak in. But with the same degree and depth of love that the Father has for Jesus, Jesus loves me and all of His chosen ones. That make up His bride. And if you're a Christian, He loves you that much. Because you're part of the bride. The bride is composed of the Christians of all ages. Well, let's spend a few moments looking at the just as. Just as the Father loves me, I love you. Well, let's see how the Father loves Jesus, and then we'll know how He loves us, now won't we? First thing I want you to know, it is an infinite love. An infinite love. Immediately, we're on revelational ground here. You and I cannot conceive of infinity. We cannot comprehend it. And we just aren't able to comprehend something that just never ends. Something that is without limit. Something that is beyond measure. Something that has no bounds. As humans... We are finite, and we cannot conceive of the infinite. So we're on Revelation territory here. Now, we may describe our greatness of our love for somebody. We may try to give it as much vastness and as close to infinity as we can make it, but it's still finite. I remember when my children were young, I would... Go in to say night to them, and we'd—I'd be talking to them, and I'd say, "You know how much I love you." If every blade of grass was a thousand "I love yous," every blade of grass in all the world wouldn't be enough to say how much I love you. I said, "If the star, if if the sky was a writing pad, and the oceans were an inkwell." And if I wrote, I love you, until the oceans were dry, it wouldn't be enough. I love you more than that. If every grain of sand on all the beaches and all the deserts in the world were a thousand I love you's, it wouldn't be enough. And that's how we're trying to express our love. But, you know, even there's a limit to that. You know, there are a certain number of blades and there's a limit to the number of sand. So we cannot express infinite love. We cannot comprehend a love that is without bounds, that has no limit. But God the Father has a love for Jesus that is without limit, without end, without measure. It cannot be measured. It has no bounds. It goes on forever and ever and ever. You know, even our universe has an end to it, they tell us. It's not infinite. But the Father's love for Jesus is infinite. And just as the Father loves Jesus with an infinite love, so Jesus loves us with an unmeasurable, infinite love. Jesus' love for you is without measure. couldn't be measured. cannot be contained. It is boundless. And do you realize He loves each individual Christian with this infinite, boundless, without measure love? He loves you just like you are the only person on earth. He doesn't divide His love among all of His children. Jesus doesn't divide His love among the parts of His bride. He loves every one of us with the absolute, total, infinite love. You see, God cannot be divided or diluted. You have it all. Totally. Just like you're the only person on planet Earth. If you're the only person on planet Earth and God poured out all His love, Jesus poured out all His love on you. That's how much He loves you right now. Isn't that something? The way I can come close to trying to get my mind around this concept, although we can't not get it all around it, is when it comes to my own family. I mean, when my first kid was born, I loved Tiffany. Oh man, my heart just felt like it was going to burst. I just was so in love with that little girl. Boy, she was just the apple of my eye. She had her daddy's heart from day one. And then we found out we were going to have a second one. And I thought, man, how can I love the second one like I love this first one? I mean, I just can't because all my love on this one. You know, and, and a parent, you probably went through this. You kind of get concerned. You think, well, now wait a minute. This won't be fair to the second one. And you just can't conceive you could love two as much as you love that one, could you? But then what does God do? He gives you more love. You don't have to divide that love. He gives you more love. And take it from me, you can have six. And love them all with all your heart. You don't have to take away any love from any one of them. God just gives you more love. Now, that's on a human level. That's the way it is with God. He loves every one of His children just like that was the only child he had. He loves you. Jesus loves his bride. With an infinite love. And he loves you completely. You know, the Bible says it this way in Psalm 108. 4. Your loving kindness is great above the heavens. Now the heavens refer to the stars. Now notice he says, your loving kindness is great above the heavens. Not reaches to the stars, but then it would just be to the closest star, right? But it is what? What's, 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 uh, I guess it's an adverb, in it? What's the adverb? Above the stars. The stars go to the limit of our universe, folks. I mean, it is inconceivable. We're talking about billions and trillions of light years. But Scripture says that God's love for His people is above, reaches above the stars. It's greater than this universe. So when God wants to describe His infinite love, He says, it's above the stars. Not just to them, folks, but above them. Next, not only is His love infinite, but it's everlasting. That follows, since God's love for Jesus is infinite, it must also be everlasting. It'll never end. It will last forever. The Father's love for Jesus is steadfast. He is committed to love Jesus infinitely forever. There will never be a time in all eternity that the Father will not love Jesus without measure. Jesus says, just as the Father has loved me, so I love you. That means Jesus' love for you is not only infinite, it is without measure. And it is everlasting. That means it will never diminish. It will never cease. For all eternity, Jesus will love His own with out measure. It will be boundless. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And, ever. and OPS, that <laughs> The Bible says it this way over in Psalm 136, 1. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Everlasting. Infinite without measure. Everlasting doesn't stop. Keeps going. Jesus will love you just as much one hundred zillion years from now as he does right now. Won't change. It'll be infinite. Then, as it is infinite now. So not only is it infinite, not only is it everlasting, but thirdly, it is uninfluenced. Uninfluenced. Or unconditional, if you prefer. Now, that only stands to reason, really. If God's love for you is infinite without measure, and His love for you is everlasting, then it's really got to be unconditional because that means you can't do anything to stop it. I mean, if if He's going to love you infinitely, that means you can't do anything to make Him love you any less. If He's going to love you with an everlasting love, that means you can't do anything to make Him stop loving you, right? So it only makes sense that His love is also uninfluenced. The Father's love for Jesus is free, spontaneous, and uncaused. Jesus did not do anything to earn the Father's love. He did not have to perform at any certain level to receive the Father's love. The Father was committed to love Jesus without measure for eternity. And nothing can change that reality. Again, look on the human level. You love that kid before that kid does anything. That kid is just there. Right? I mean, you just love them. Because of yours. That doesn't mean you don't get upset with them. It doesn't mean you don't get angry with them. No. But you love them in spite of it all. You love them. And God's love for you and for me, Jesus' love for us is uninfluenced, it is unconditional. He loves the Christians infinitely without measure, regardless of anything the Christian does or does not do. Jesus' love for His bride is not based on His bride, but based on who He is. See, that's what we gotta remember. Jesus doesn't love me because of me. He loves me because of who He is. He's a loving God. And He loves me because the Father loves Him. Just as the Father loves me, so I love you. You see, Jesus, Jesus does not love me anymore when I'm obedient. Than He does when I am not obedient. He doesn't love me any less when I sin. Now I know that's hard for some of you to really believe. But it's true. He is not influenced in His love for you by anything you do or you do not do. He loves you because He has sovereignly chosen to place His love on you as His child. Jesus has sovereignly chosen to love you as his bride. And nothing you can do can alter that. That doesn't mean he doesn't get upset with you. I mean, you get upset with your kids. You get angry with them. Your fellowship with them kind of sometimes can get strained. But it doesn't mean you don't love them. But his love for you is totally Unconditional. Nothing you can do can make Him love you more. Nothing you can do can make Him love you less. Because He loves you without measure. It is boundless. He loves you with everlasting love. And fourthly, His love for you is personal and real. The Father's love for the Lord Jesus was one of a personal involvement. His love was not abstract or removed. It was real and personal. The Father was intimately involved with Jesus in His everyday life. Now, we saw that last week when Jesus said He could only do what He saw the Father doing. He said over in John 5, the Father loves the Son and shows Him what He's doing. Remember? I mean, it was an intimate relationship. It was a personal relationship. That's why Jesus spent so much time in prayer. He spending time with the Father. Well, just as the Father loved Jesus, Jesus' love for you and me as His bride is also personal and real. He's involved in our daily lives. He is concerned and involved with us. That's why Jesus uses the concept, the picture, the analogy of the vine and the branches to talk about His relationship to His bride. Just as connected as a bride... Thine is to the branches, so He's connected to us. He uses the term of the shepherd and the sheep, a close relationship. So we need to realize that His love for us is infinite. It is everlasting. It is uninfluenced. And it's personal and real. It's always been about love. Jesus' love for His bride. And when we forget this, everything gets out around and it gets uncomfortable. It gets torturous. Well, let's just take your marriage for example. What was the driving force behind your marriage? I hope you'll say love. A love relationship. You know, you really loved that guy. You wanted to spend your life with him. Man, you loved her. You wanted to be with her. The worst time of the day was when you had to say goodnight and go home. You couldn't wait till the next day when you could see him again. It was all about love. You wanted to deepen that love relationship. You wanted to marry them so you could consummate that love and grow deeper and deeper in love with each other. You remember? Oh, that love relationship. That's what it was all about. You enjoyed cooking for him. Oh, because it was all about love. You looked forward, guys, to coming home from work, to be with her, to just love her. You didn't mind cleaning the house, ladies, because you loved it so much. It was an act of joy. Guys, you couldn't wait to get home so you could be with your wife. You didn't mind helping out around the house. It was a joy. You were glad to do it. Your work was just a means to make money so you could provide food and a house and clothing for your wife. You wanted to give her things. You wanted to bring her flowers because it was all about that love relationship. Then something happened. Not intentionally, but nevertheless, it happened. There were the pressures at work. There were the pressures of financial matters, making the house payments and trying to make the car payments. And Then there were insurance payments. And then the baby came. And you had all the pressures of mothering. Nursing and changing diapers and bathing and getting them dressed and getting up in the middle of the night two or three times. Now, you still had to cook and wash clothes and clean the house. And in the midst of doing all these things, the love relationship that was the driving force behind your marriage and your family got neglected. Those things that you joyfully did out of love now became a chore and drudgery. No longer joy to cook for him. You dreaded No longer enjoyed washing his clothes, cleaning the house. It was everything and anything but joyful. You guys find yourself pouring yourself into work, neglecting going home. You no longer like helping around the house. You resent it when she says, I need you to do so and so. What happened? Now that primary love relationship got pushed to the side. It was no longer first. It was no longer all about love. And your marriage got out of round. Same thing happens to Jesus and His bride. When we neglect that love relationship, it all gets out of round. We make it about service. That which we did once for joy when the love relationship was primary now becomes drudgery. Becomes a chore. Many of you helped at our fall festival this past month. There was one person that came early, helped set up, worked one of the booths the whole night, stayed late to help clean up. And this person came up to one of our staff members and said, I just want to thank you for letting me help. Out in this fall festival. It has been such a joy. You know, I just see this church as my family. And this is kind of like a family event. And I'm just so glad that you let me be a part of it. Now, those of you who worked in Fall Festival, was that your attitude? Is that what you were thinking? When it comes out of a love relationship, and this person was speaking out of their love relationship with Jesus, it was just a joy. But if that was not your attitude, then you need to check your love relationship. Things may be out of round. It's all about love. For God, it's always been all about love. Let's pray.